You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn family? Welcome back to the Inside the Jungle here on the E2C Network, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. Sadly, today on this episode, we're going to be breaking down another Auburn loss, the third consecutive loss for the Tigers overall, but in SEC play as well, which makes it sting just a little bit more. Auburn falls to the Ole Miss Rebels in Oxford, uh, 61 to 72, dropping their overall record to six and five on the year and zero and three to start out the SEC schedule. It's a beautiful thing. There are frustrations galore, I'm sure. Much of them are directed at the NCAA right now. <laughs> But uh, I think some of them can be directed at the team and their performance tonight. But we'll talk about that. There's obviously uh, stats to break down and storylines. We'll do all that here. And thankfully, you don't just have to listen to me lament about this. You get to listen to another lamenting person about this game. I welcome back Gray Oldenburg. And I just want to wish you, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I guess, for having you back on a terrible game, Gray. (laughs) I mean, it's okay. You know, I'm glad to be back. Um, but tonight was a struggle. Yeah, there's uh, times when we do this show and we're struggling to find things that we want to talk about as opposed to, you know, just scream and be frustrated about. Uh, but we'll, we'll do what we can here to actually make sense of what's going on. Uh, the big story tonight that we should just address right up at the top of this, Gray, is that Justin Powell did not... Uh, participate in the game tonight and just for a little reference for those who may not have watched the last game or listened to our last episode Justin played in the Texas A&M game before this but then had a concussion apparently as that's what I'm told and had to sit out the pretty much most of the second half and didn't play at all in this game so the loss of him we knew was going to make a difference I just don't think what we were prepared to how big a loss uh, that was going to be for us yeah I mean, you're right. Uh, Jamal coming off the bench now starting today. You know, got a little bit of point guard time as well as Flanagan did. And neither of those guys are natural point guards, as well as Justin's not a natural point guard. Uh, Justin, though, but, I think um, fits that role just a little bit better. He does. Yeah, he does. And he can he knows how to direct the offense and get the offense going. And tonight we just look stagnant. It looked like we were standing around too much. Looked like we didn't know what we were doing on that side of the floor. Well, when you're lacking a general on the floor, that kind of is what happens is, you know, you're forcing players to continue to play in positions that they're not not necessarily forcing. You're having to force to force them to do that because of not having Sharif Cooper. Uh, you know, Turbo is now gone from the team. And then you've got Alan Flanagan trying to kind of learn the role a little bit more too. And then when you lose Justin Powell, you have to throw out Lord Bearman out there, uh, walk on <laughs> and no disrespect to Lord Bearman. He probably runs circles around me on a basketball court, even in my heyday. But I mean, 
you just don't want to see the walk-ons coming in in the first half. I mean, great. That like, I was shocked to see him in there. Oh, so was I. So was I. And I was, I was looking at Twitter while it was happening and uh, Instagram and people were going, um, what in the world has this come to? <laughs> it harkened back to the days. Um, I don't know how well you remember this, but the very beginning of the Bruce Pearl era, where we had to pretty much replay a center at point guard, and that was none other than Simeon Bowers. Bowers. We're we're kind of at that point, I think, in terms of the roster situation with people transferring out, injuries and stuff like, and NCAA stuff. Are we going to have to do another center at point guard? I would not be mad. Jalen Williams takes up, take the ball up the court. I would not, I would not be opposed to that. Simeon Bowers 2.0, my friend. That would be hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Well, before we get into some more discussion, let me give you just a breakdown for the listeners at home of what happened in the game in case you weren't able to watch or listen. I don't blame you for watching or listening to this one if you didn't do that. Uh, but essentially in the first half, similar problems that have been plaguing the Tigers, especially in the last three games to start off the SC schedule, have plagued them again. Turnovers. Uh, poor decision making, poor shot selection, which allowed Mississippi to get out to a pretty sizable lead and maintain that throughout the first half. They go, went into halftime there. 29 to 43 was the deficit for Auburn. Coming out in the second half, Ole Miss maintained that lead most of the time, but yet again, in characteristic fashion, Auburn had a couple of runs that allowed them to have a chance to get back in it, but the lead that had been developed was just too big, even for the several runs they made which allowed Ole Miss to walk away with the win at home, 61-72. to Gray, on last episode, I discussed there are certain teams that, it doesn't matter with the sport, there are certain teams that just have one of the Auburn program's number. You know, for a certain time in football, it was Arkansas. Ole Miss and Auburn is always weird, whether it was Marshall Henderson flapping his jersey at us oh or goodness. just not being able to get a win on the road there. I am tired of seeing Ole Miss in basketball. I don't know how you feel. We can we could cut them from the schedule. I'd be okay with that. And I don't know if it's some kind of voodoo magic they've got going on because they they Maybe one day some... they're the land sharks, one day they're the black bears. Black bears yeah. I, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't like playing Ole Miss because bad things happen when we, especially when we go to Ole Miss. The, and they yeah. even harken back to the game last year in Oxford yeah. where Auburn got that win, eighty three to eighty two, on a last second shot. Um, so it usually takes something like that for Auburn to have success against Ole Miss. And when you're down the way we were tonight, it really, really was a struggle. So great for you. If you had to pinpoint one thing, what's the thing that kept Auburn from being able to win this game tonight? Uh, it's the bench production. Uh, the bench points tonight, you know, I know we had some bench players starting for us tonight, but um, the bench production for Ole Miss was fantastic. They had, multiple guys come off the bench as side kid uh scored 13 off the bench joiner came off the bench scored nine for them six of six from the free throw line the bench points 34 for Ole Miss nine for Auburn I we when we take the starters off the field we can't lose that much of a momentum yeah it is frustrating when you have to see again we've talked about people trying to play point guard that don't naturally play that but you're forcing other players who haven't been seen and earned the significant amount of time forced into that extra time because of roster uh, necessity issues that we have going on right now. I mean, we've already addressed it. Lord Behrman got out on the floor. Great for him. Happy for him. 
but you don't necessarily want to see that unless the game is in hand or the game is too far out of reach. You want to see the walk-ons at the very end of the game. Uh, all that being said, though, I, I think having him on the floor was by far the least concern for Auburn tonight because there were enough issues going around. You talked a lot about stagnant, standing still, not a lot of movement here. Um, did you get feelings of like maybe some people trying to do a little too much at times on offense? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of that comes with not having a point guard, not having a field general out there, you know, to kind of direct players and get the offense moving. Um, but, you know, there were times tonight where I saw Jamal Johnson take a shot where he didn't need to take or or Flanagan take a, a, a three three seconds into the shot clock or yeah. or Devin try and dribble it out of bounds or, um, you know, and this team is young and we have to – uh, address that and um, take care of that and, and you know live through that sometimes so yeah and I don't see too many Auburn fans legitimately losing their minds about this but you can kind of yeah. feel it the panic setting I think people forget that this is a year where we're not going to be playing in the postseason anyway but I think everybody wants to feel good about something right now because of Auburn football and mm-hmm. this is kind of more or less letting them down just a little bit but these guys they're no one's more let down than them and the, they know the frustrations yeah, yeah. if you lose listen to uh bruce pearl's press conference this week i mean he like flat out said like i know what y'all are going to talk about we are terrible at turnovers yep. and it's not like they're tr- not trying to address that it's the same situation with me and free throws you know i've just been screaming about that for years and and even this season as well and they the last two games they've actually had their best free throw percentage 78 percent tonight uh now Ole Miss had 85 percent which was part another reason why they were successful against Auburn tonight uh but they're working on these things you just have to remind yourself that this is a tough time in the program and they're hopefully gonna things are get better as the season goes on here I'm glad you brought up Jamal Johnson because I do think he was in this situation not on a normal cir- circumstance But in this situation where we had to shuffle the roster a little bit, he is the most deserving, I thought, of being in the starting lineup because of the way he has performed in that sixth-man role. In fact, I mean, I've earned more respect for him this season than I have for Alan Flanagan, even as good as he's been because of the way he's been producing off the bench. What did you have you thought about his play? Oh, Jamal Johnson, especially the previous two games prior to today, has been great coming off the bench you know, he's great at that spot up. Um, you know, he fills lanes really well in transition and to get his open shot tonight, you know, he tried to take on more of a ball handler role and uh, that's, that's not his game, you know, but you know, that, that comes with roster changes. And, um, but I don't think he played bad. I, I just think that's, he got thrown into the fire tonight. Definitely did, and obviously I think that he'll deserve another look at that, especially we um, still have some roster issues going forward. He, But I will maintain this, that sometimes a player is just better in that six-man role, and when someone kind of takes hold of that and makes it their own and flourish in that, it's, it's really something beautiful about that. It's like, I, I don't need the spotlight because when my time comes on the floor, I'm going to seize that opportunity to make the most of it. And he's done that this year. Uh, but for now, he does make the most sense to slide into that position um, off the bench while we're kind of rotating the roster around just a little bit. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are. And we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. 
Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. Uh, let's talk about the roster on the other side. You brought up to me a uh, pre-show here that it feels like Schuler of Ole Miss has been there since the dawn of time. And oh I just don't know that we're ever going to see him not be there. I feel like we were watching him during World War II. <laughs> Who's I been mean... playing longer, Schuler or Elijah Stove on football? Uh, oh, I mean, they, they were both freshmen at the same time. They both graduated in 1958. <laughs> He has been a thorn in the side of Auburn basketball for quite some time. I even compared him to Michael Carrera for me. Um, I, I don't have as much of a thing, not against him, but uh, frustrations with him as you seem to, but I can at least appreciate it because Michael Carrera, to me, so here's the thing. Schuler's actually pretty good at basketball. Michael Carrera was not good at basketball. Like you could just look at him on the course, like you don't know what you're doing out there, and somehow the ball goes into the basket. Like, what is this? At least your frustrations are legitimate because he's actually a good player, and you're tired of seeing him out there. Uh, so I, I don't know if he's a senior or not, but I, hopefully this is the last year we're going to see him. I, 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 he's got to be at this point. You know, he may be like a seventh year senior. Um, but tonight he played great tonight. You know, seven points, didn't shoot the ball well. He had seven points, but he had 10 assists. And that, you know, that's the kind of guy that Auburn needs. A guy to do exactly what that is. And we missed that with Powell and uh, hopefully Cooper. And you talk about comparing bench points here. Let me compare it to Auburn. Uh, looking at, off the bench here, they had a total of nine points for Auburn. And I'm not even going to try to total it up. But it's actually over here. I can, I can 34 points off the bench for South Carolina. Their top one was Cy with 13 points. They allowed three players, Auburn did, uh, the South Carolina basketball players in double digits. Uh, White got 12 and Rodriguez had 12 as well. Now, Rodriguez did foul out. Uh, but usually I say it's a pretty good sign when you're allowing more than three sometimes four in double digits that means that it was a tough chance of you winning that uh, tonight now we complained a lot about what's happened in this game thing, things that frustrated us there were some silver linings and one is Jalen Williams 24 points tonight um, we've seen him score maybe, maybe the top three scores usually but not taking the spotlight away from Justin Power Alan, Alan Flanagan but this was a night where he could literally flourish and at one point he was like the only offense that Auburn had what do you like about Jalen Williams tonight uh, Jalen Williams uh, shooting the ball has gotten so much better his shot is not very pretty but it goes in and th that's all that matters he shot six of ten from the three-point line four of four from the free throw line grabbed six rebounds or no, four rebounds and four assists. I he, he was the only offense we had tonight. 
yeah, there was a time there where the only thing that we could count on was Jalen Williams. And it was nice to see him take center stage uh, during this time right now. Here's the thing, though. I'm looking down some more stats here and looking for reasons that really stick out why Auburn lost tonight. I mean, I think if you look at field goal percentage, there's a pretty big discrepancy there. They win the three-point percentage battle there. They have a decent amount of free throw percentage. Turnovers, though, they weren't that – they seemed a lot worse to me. Like, there's only 16 to 11. And I think that comes with some of the stagnation you described on offense when there's not a lot happening there those turnovers take a little bit more center stage, not just for us on the TV, but for those actually on the court, when you can't get something going, they stick out big and bold and they just wreck your momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And it also seems like you brought up it. It's the turnover difference was only three or only five in favor of Ole Miss. It does not seem that way when you're watching this Auburn basketball team play. I mean, they showed it up on the screen on the TV one time and it was like 13 to eight. And I was like, Ole Miss has eight turnovers. We only have 13. Yeah. So, and that, that comes with points off of turnovers, which also wasn't that big of a difference, you know, only one point. Um, But you know, this this Auburn team has got to be a team that gets out and runs, and and when they do get in the half court, they've got to move. I will remind Auburn fans that no matter the year, even during the Final Four run uh, of that season, uh, there were times, and at least one time, where Auburn goes on a little bit of a struggle streak. Now, I had predicted in my SEC schedule preview that that would happen about – right before the middle point of the SEC schedule. We're just getting out of the way now. That's what I'm saying. I'm chalking it up to that. We're just going to go ahead and get, get this over with. So we run into Kentucky twice. When we run into Florida, we run into Tennessee and Missouri. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll have all these struggles out of here. Maybe Sharif's freed by then at this point. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like we're not going to win the battle of free Sharif at this point. Does it feel that way to you? I, if it's gone on this long, I mean, I don't know what to think at this point. Yeah. yeah. I don't know whether to be hopeful or whether to be frustrated with the NCAA, which I'm sure all, all of us are, but you know, you just like Bruce said in his press conference, they're doing everything that they can. And he also was asked if, you know, if there are any frustrations with this and he said, he gave a one word answer. He said, yes. You know, for a and, guy uh, like I Bruce, I completely Pearl. feel that. For a guy like Bruce Pearl that says so much all the time, when he just gives you a one-word answer, that tells you how you know, upset it means business. he is. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like I I can't say anything, but I want to. So don't ask. Yeah. Me. It's, it's like Nick Saban. Don't ask me again. <laughs> Quit asking. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Before we make any more Alabama references here, well, I guess we're not done with that. We should move on. Uh, was, I guess that was an unfortunate segue into our next game preview as we put this one away. Uh, unfortunately, we will be hosting the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, they, while not having the most successful of non-conference games, it wasn't terrible for them, but it wasn't great. They had a few embarrassing things here or there. Uh, they have had probably one of the more successful starts to SEC schedules. They are 8-3, and 3-0 and in conference play. We're going to be playing them at 11 o'clock central time um, on Saturday the 9th, and you can watch it on ESPN2. Uh, they are coming off a win over Florida, 86-71. to 71. So, Gray, if I was going to tell you that Alabama would be sitting pretty at the top of the SEC basketball standings and only to be mirrored by uh, at the beginning of SEC's schedule, 
Kentucky being at the bottom, would you have believed me? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I would say it's the complete opposite. But this, this Alabama team is playing great. They're 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 one of the hottest SEC teams in the country right now. You know, they're one of the hottest teams overall in the country. They're playing their best basketball, and of course, right before they play Auburn. Of course, that's just how it always seems to happen yep. for us. But that also sets up an opportunity, especially right. in Auburn Arena, to shut them up a little bit that's and remind right. them of where they belong in that's the right. state for basketball. Um, now, let's give work credit where credit is due. We talk about resume building here a lot for Auburn when it matters in a, in a normal season. Uh, they've got a pretty good resume already built here uh, to start off with an SEC schedule beating number seven Tennessee and we just mentioned beating Florida as well and, you know they don't have a terrible loss on their I would call the western Kentucky loss because it was at home not a great looking loss but I wouldn't call it terrible it wasn't like losing to Radford or or yeah. Barry uh, yeah. like Auburn did that one time and <laughs> you know in an exhibition game uh, but uh, right now they're looking strong and uh, I don't see a ton I mean I see familiar names on the roster but I don't see uh, the ones that we're used to being the thorns in our side there so what do you think you know Auburn has to do let's assume everything holds the same that Justin Powell cannot play for some reason I'm hopeful that he can but let's assume he can't what does the Auburn team that you saw come on the court against Ole Miss have to do to beat this Alabama team well they've got to move on offense they they can't stand around against Alabama Alabama's just as good if not better than Ole Miss defensively and they uh, they have great hands and they're always in the passing lane and they have great steal. They get steals all the time. Yeah. You know, we've got to move the ball on offense. We've got to uh, uh, move off the ball on offense and uh, you got to get out in transition and you got, you're going to have to make some threes. Absolutely. You're going to have to do that. And I'm glad you brought the defense part of that because not just Ole Miss did this, but Texas A&M in the last game as well. Uh, coaches are paying attention. They're seeing that Auburn's offense struggles with the 1-3-1 defense coming against them, and I would not be surprised if you saw that coming to Auburn Arena with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that would be my – I like your key, but my key is they need this week, the back half of the week in practice, figuring out how to penetrate and get through that 1-3-1 defense. So those are our keys for the game there. A couple players for you to watch at home. Uh, on the Alabama Crimson Tide side would be Jaden Shackelford. There's a familiar name, sophomore guard, scoring 13.3 points per game. Their leading scorer, top rebounder, is Herbert Jones, a senior forward at 6.4 rebounds per game. So that's our preview for the Alabama game. We've broken down the Ole Miss loss. Hopefully this is the last one that we're talking about on this podcast for a while, and we'll be cheering for a win in Auburn Arena against our good old rivals from East Mississippi College of the Sisters of the Poor. Hey, great. Thank you so much for joining me again on this Absolutely. episode. Thank you so a, much for having me on, Kyle. It's been a joy having you here, and we appreciate you all listening at home. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?